0: Hi everyone, my name is Sophia Huerta and I play professional soccer for the OL Reign and you are listening to Circling Seattle Sports Podcast.
1: Hello there everybody and welcome back to the Circling Seattle Sports Podcast. This is episode 126 of the show. Um, as was predicted last week, we have a good amount of content to go over, a good amount of things that took place in the uh, Seattle sports world. So with that being said, we'll just get right into things and not waste time as uh, we look at the Seattle Seahawks here continuing their off season. Uh, we head straight to team notes where on February fourth the Seattle added uh, former Broncos defensive coordinator Ed Donatel to their defensive staff in a senior defensive role. Um, was glad to see this the morning this happened that um, Donatel was not going to be the defensive coordinator. Uh, but rather in a senior defensive role with the team, uh, I think that when you've got somebody, you know, that's got that defensive coordinator experience um, and has been around the league a decent amount of time, it's never a bad thing to add them to your defensive staff. You know, having that experience, having that having that football IQ is never a bad thing. Um, so, you know, I thought that was a pretty solid move. Excuse me, um, But mm. the way I looked at Donatell was that, um, you know, you don't really want in the NFL. This this league changes year in and year out. You know, there's a lot of um adjustment that takes place, right, amongst the, at least the teams that win consistently. Um, and you did not want to see. Uh, I didn't really want to see in uh, you know an older defensive coordinator because you want to be able to adjust and be able to keep up with what is happening around the league. Um, so that's how I viewed that. Um, if we sit now and look, uh, um, we look over to the other part of news that day was that, uh, Seattle promoted defensive coordinator, uh, defensive line coach, Clint hurt to be the defensive coordinator. Um, that is a big deal um, just simply because of the, the way that we look at it. You know, this is now your defensive coordinator, but this is also somebody from the inside that's being promoted, um, which I didn't necessarily predict. Uh, I know that we looked at it. Um, we looked at her being promoted. I know that he was a, a candidate ever since that uh, position opened up Um but that wasn't something that I was necessarily uh, thinking of, you know, someone that like hurt that has been around this team for a while, has that IQ with this team has been able to uh, work with the defensive line, um, you know, since he's been here. Uh, and he's, you know, he's, I think he's, he's done some good things with the defensive line. You know, he's uh, got a limited amount of talent, Not not saying that there's like limited talent on the defensive line, but, Seattle hasn't necessarily gone out and got the pass rushers that maybe they should have, um, in certain years. Um, you know, obviously trading for Carlos Dunlap, um, at the traded line a few years ago. Um, but you know, I, I definitely think that the, the way that you look at it, uh, the way I look at it is that I was hoping that Seattle would go out and get somebody that, um, I guess is proven in that defensive coordinator role. And that has that experience that you potentially, that you knew was going to be able to, um, that you knew was going to be able to immediately impact uh, the defensive side of the ball. I don't necessarily think that you can say at this current moment, okay. That, you know, that Hurt is, you know, going to improve this defense immediately. I'm not saying that's nothing against him, and that is not this not indicative of his ability at all. I'm just I'm interested to see how that goes. Because obviously, uh Hurt could come in and immediately help, right? It could be he could have a great defensive coordinator uh audition here, right? Um but at the current moment, we don't necessarily know that. Um, so it's 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 uh one of those things. I think we talked about it on the uh CSS on Converge episode this week. You know, it's like uh like last offseason, Seattle had a lot of moves that uh there were a question mark about, you know, it's like is this going to be something that Is a clear upgrade or is it something that we have to uh, figure out about? I mean, I feel like this is another situation where it's, it's something that we're going to have to figure out about uh, and see what hurt can really bring. So, you know, it, it's, again, you know, it sounds like this is a guy that's really deserving of this promotion, but uh, do I know that he's going to upgrade the Seattle defense? I don't. I don't. So we'll, I just have to see about that um, and see how that plays out uh, as we look to see, you know, a, uh, you know, it's not like this defense was crap last year, but people, I think have this idea of what they want the defense to be in this Legion of the Boom defense. And that's not going to happen, but um, you know, I, I don't think it's all on the defense. So, you know, long story short, uh, I'm interested to see what Hurt will be able to bring and um looking to see how much of an immediate impact he has uh, as a defensive coordinator. So uh, we continue on. We look to February 6th, Russell Wilson at the pro bowl, uh, Russell Wilson and Dwayne Brown were the two Seahawks participants in the pro bowl. Um, but uh, those two plus Quandre Diggs and Bobby Wagner were the four Seahawks that were voted to the pro bowl, but only those two Brown and Wilson were able to participate Um Russell Wilson completed 19, uh, 19, nine of his 17 passes for 77 yards while also throwing two interceptions and being sacked once as the AFC beat defeated the NFC 41 to 35 for the fifth year in a row, um, that the AFC has beaten the NFC. So not, you know, I don't really, the pro bowl is, uh, something that most football fans really just do not care about anymore. Um, So, you know, I don't really want to touch on it too much because it really there's not too much substance to that. Um, the more important news this week is clearly the Clint Hurt news. Um, you just hope that – and I know that some players have commented on it. You know, Deion Sanders mentioned how back in his day or they used to be a much more competitive game and there was pride in it and all that. Uh, while players, some current players, Darius Slay, uh, I think it was Marcus Cannon, both said that hey, why would we want to play all out in a in risk injury in a game that's a month before free agency? Um, as there's um uh, other well in the other sports, you know, their uh, all-star event is in the midway point of the season. So that makes sense. It certainly does make sense, you know. Um so uh, it's, it's, it's a tough situation. I'm just not a big fan of the pro bowl. Um, you know, I, it's it's just, it's just hard to get really excited about it anymore. Um, so there's that and team news, at least as we move over to league news, there's a good amount of stuff to go over here. So we will just start um, on the first of the month. Uh, Tom Brady officially announced his retirement in an Instagram post stating that I am not going to be making that competitive commitment anymore. I have loved my NFL career and now it is time to focus my time and energy on other things that require my attention. So Brady finally retires, um, but we do have a comment on that later here in league news. So stay, stay ready for that. Um, Also on the first, the Broncos put up, Uh, The Denver Broncos were put up for sale. The Pat Boland Trust and Denver President Joe Ellis hope to have that sale of the franchise completed by the start of the 2022 season. Uh, Brian Flores is suing the NFL and the New York Giants over the over unfair hiring practices, uh, stating that God has gifted me with a special talent to coach the game of football. But the need for change is bigger than my personal goals. Now, there are a lot of pieces to this. okay? Starting firstly, uh, Bill Belichick mistakenly texted Flores congratulating him on getting the Giants job intending to text Brian Dable. Flores had not yet been interviewed for that Giants job. Uh, the Giants defended their hiring process in a lengthy rebuttal to Flores. Uh, the Miami owner Stephen Ross uh, offered uh, uh, $100,000 per loss to Flores in 2019 so that the team would tank. Uh, Ross would rip these allegations stating that they were malicious. Uh, Then Broncos general manager John Elway had met with Flores in 2019 uh, for an interview who said that Elway showed up to their interview completely disheveled and it was obvious that he was hung over. Elway would refute those claims, calling them false and defamatory. The NFL would respond to this lawsuit as well, saying that we will defend against these claims, uh, which are without merit. Roger Goodell, the commissioner of the league, says that the league will re- retain any outs- will retain an outside expert to reevaluate its diversity, equity, and inclusion policies. Um, in a memo to teams, Goodell said that the lack of diversity amongst head coaches was unacceptable. Uh, Steelers secondary coach Terrell Austin's agent alleges that his client had a sham interview with the Lions in 2018 to satisfy the Rooney Rule. Uh and Cowboys owner Jerry Jones stated simply that we can do better. The Cowboys owner takes a different approach to Flores, uh, the Flores lawsuit than the league did. So this is a big deal. Um, any way you slice it, just because you look at it, uh you're looking sadly at a situation that could very much end like the Colin Kaepernick situation did where Flores just does not. um... There is obvious change that needs to happen. I mean, if you look at it amongst the coaching roles, I don't know if they're all filled out now. I don't remember fully. I think they might, um, but I think one of the uh, one of them was filled by a black coach, and that's Lovey Smith with the Texans. Now, you could count Mike McDaniel with the Dolphins, who claims that he's biracial, um, but the, uh, at least if you look at it, the guy is as white as it can be. Um, I mean, it's tough. You know, I think that there are guys who are less qualified that got jobs in Flores. I don't think Flores should have been fired in the first place. uh it's it's whatever Flores decides to do um next, you know, whether it's um, with a win in this lawsuit or somehow it gets moved because the NFL is the NFL, um, I support it. You know, this is something that is an issue, and I think the guys. <laughs> That are less qualified than Flores get jobs way out more often than I'd like to see. Um, so that's, uh, that's an issue and we'll keep an eye on that for sure. As that continues to, to move along um, on February. Well, and then I'll say too, I wanted to um, have big O on the show on the CSS on converge episode. Uh, to discuss this. And I think we're going to do that next week. Um, so keep an eye out for that. Um On February the 2nd, Washington renames their team the Commanders. The team announces the new name after a year and a half as the Washington football team. Uh, Washington State is the news as former employees of the team detail new claims of sexual misconduct, including against Dan Snyder. Dan Snyder reportedly has the power to veto the release of the NFL probe into the Washington football team's workplace misconduct. So. Washington, despite the name change, continues to stay in the the news for all the wrong reasons. Uh, Also on the second, the Minnesota Vikings will be hiring uh, Rams offensive coordinator Kevin O'Connell after the Super Bowl as their new head coach. Uh, And then Hugh Jackson on the second following that uh, Flores lawsuit claims that uh, he has proof that Cleveland also identifies tanking on the fifth he would backtrack those claims so jackson uh, just a silly guy i don't know what the hell that was about you know to come out and support um of something that does need that support and then to basically be like ah just kidding i was lying you know just to you know uh, stupid just stupid um on the third, the Jaguars would hire Doug Peterson as their new head coach. The native of Ferndale, Washington, gets his, another head coaching job. Uh, the Texans announced their head coaching finalists on the third. Brian Flores, Josh McCown. Yes, Josh McCown and Jonathan Gannon were named as finalists for the Houston job. So remember that. I just said those three guys were the finalists. Remember that for a little bit later. Um, Byron Lefwith with Lefwith. Leftwich withdraws his name from the Jaguars head coaching job, the Buccaneers offensive coordinator and former Jaguars QB expected to remove himself from the consideration uh, for the Jacksonville head coaching job. So that says some things. Um, Detroit was reportedly willing to move the number two overall pick general manager, Brad Holmes stated that he is uh, never scared to move around when asked about the potential of trading that second overall pick. Um And then Spike Lee also announced on the third of the month that uh, he will be directing a Colin Kaepernick documentary. The legendary filmmaker is not the only big name uh, behind ESPN's multi-part docuseries about the ex-49ers quarterback. Um, On the fourth, Jim Harbaugh stated that he is done with the NFL. He told uh, the Michigan athletic director that this was uh, the last time that he would pursue a job in the NFL and that it was a one-time thing. Uh, the Patriots reportedly are looking into Adam Gase for their offensive coordinator job. Yes, Adam Gase, the former Jets and Dolphins head coach, uh, was named. Uh, his name keeps popping up for the Patriots' vacant offensive coordinator position. Uh, the Raven general manager Eric DeCosta is reportedly comfortable with his wide receivers. Said that he is not planning to make any significant additions at wide receiver amid the Antonio Brown buzz. Uh, also on the fourth, the 49ers were adding Anthony Lynn to their staff. The former Chargers head coach is going to serve as the assistant coach to Kyle Shanahan on his staff. On the fifth, Jason McCourty stated that the Browns were indeed tanking, going against Hugh Jackson's claim, saying that there were no there was no way that the team was trying to win uh, McCourty, part of that infamous 0-16 team with Cleveland. Um, the Titans reportedly were not pursuing Aaron Rodgers, uh, Tennessee, has quote-unquote full intentions of moving forward with Ryan Tannehill as their quarterback. Uh, Rodgers reportedly had purchased some land in Tennessee and was open to uh, playing with the Titans, reportedly. Um, also on the fifth, Eric Bieniemy was to interview for the Saints job. The Kansas City offensive coordinator uh, was supposed to meet with the Saints on Sunday to interview for the team's vacant head coaching job. On the sixth, the Dolphins hired Mike McDaniel as their new head coach. Uh, Miami was working on a deal to hire the 49ers' offensive coordinator as their new coach. The hire netted uh, San Francisco some draft picks in the next two years under the NFL's diversity hiring incentive program. Uh, Green Bay did not want to trade Adams or Rogers. The Packers are adamant that they want Aaron Rodgers and Devonte Adams back, and that they are all on the same page. Uh, on the six, continuing Pittsburgh promoted their assistant uh, coach. Well, promoted an assistant to defensive coordinator Terrell Austin was promoted to defensive coordinator Uh, Texans head coaching updates, they will not rehire Eagles defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon, Uh, they did not hire former journeyman quarterback, Josh McCown, and then uh, Lovey Smith came into the picture and they were reportedly in advanced talks with their defensive coordinator uh, to be promoted on the sixth, also on the sixth Alvin Kamara was arrested after the Pro Bowl. Uh, Las Vegas police announced that the Saints running back was arrested on a battery charge for an alleged incident at a nightclub the night before, uh, with the police stating also that they have video evidence that proves it. On the 7th, uh, multiple scouts do not see a single NFL starter in this year's quarterback class after Senior Bowl week. Uh, on the seventh, also, the Texans officially hired Lovey Smith as their new head coach, the uh, former Bears head coach and current defensive coordinator uh, for Houston. The Saints hired Dennis Allen, the new Orleans defensive coordinator, will replace Sean Payton as the team's next head coach. Uh, some questions uh, about Eric Bieniemy staying in Kansas City, as uh, there was a report at three o'clock that he was going to stay with KC after the Saints had their head coaching position filled. Uh, and then there was a report came out an hour later at four o'clock that the chiefs offensive coordinator's future is up in the air, uh, despite the report that he was saying with the team. And then finally on the seventh, Tom Brady did not rule out a comeback saying that you never say never when talking about a return to the NFL. So that's why I said, to remember that simply because again, uh, like I said last week, I don't think he would, I did not think he would want to just go out that way. That's just me, though, so we'll continue to see uh, as we move on uh, to the Mariners here who continue to be stuck in that goddamn MLB lockout. Um, On February 1st, as we shoot right over to League Notes, um, after a little progress was made in the meeting on the 1st, it seemed like the MLB delay is inevitable. Little progress was made in the meeting, and the on-time start of spring training was in grave danger. Excuse me. On February 2nd, uh, we found out that Cedric Mullins battled Crohn's disease. Uh, the Orioles center fielder revealed that he battled Crohn's disease during his breakout all-star season last year. On the 3rd, it was announced that uh, AAA uh, will be expanding its schedule. The ma- minor league baseball announces that there will be 150 and fifty-game slate for 2022, uh, pushing the end date of the season to September 28th. Also on the third, the MLB calls for a federal mediator. The league sought immediate assistance to help resolve the lockout on the fourth, the MLBPA denies the mediator. Uh, the players stood ready to negotiate and uh, declined the MLB's request for a mediator installed CBA talks. Uh, also on the fourth, a long time umpire, Joe West retired. Uh, he officiated a MLB record 5,460 games on the seventh a labor secretary contacts the MLB, Marty Walsh uh, communicated to the league that he has a willingness to get involved with lockout negotiations. Um, And the MLB for the time being has stopped steroid testing. The league has stopped drug testing for the first time in 20 years after the joint drug agreement uh, expired during the lockout. So I expect that to be renewed simply because they're in the lockout and things like that aren't being talked about right now. I'm sure. Uh, but I expect that to be renewed um, as the Mariners lockout well, as the lockout continues. I mean, it's not like we can really do anything right now except for sit. Um, uh, sit and wait and hope that, you know, best case scenario, this gets solved sooner rather than later because, you know, um, it's just it's frustrating. And we talked about this on CSS on Converge. You know, you got to wonder how much this lockout is going to. Um, hurt the popularity of the league and the positive momentum that the Mariners had uh, coming out of last season, you know, with the acquisitions of Robbie Ray and Adam Frazier, um, you know,
0: you just, you know, you just hope that
1: this thing gets um, figured out sooner rather than later. Uh, because yeah it's it's just it's it's a lose lose situation right now you know there's no there's no positive momentum really at all it seems so you hope that uh we get some movement quicker than there have been uh going on because it's 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 just frustrating really um as we take you over to hom seattle this is your time to check out hom seattle that is h-o-m-s Seattle. dot com. Homs Seattle. Check out. Uh, check it out. Homs has are back in the loving big brother kind of way. Our goal is to change the mental health conversation one heart at a time. Homs has uh, some Valentine's products coming out uh, on Valentine's Day, so check that out. We will be uh, coming to you live. Well, not live. Valentine's Monday. Yes, my apologies. Uh, we will be coming to you then. Um, so be sure to check that out and be sure to uh see that uh when those products come out as a good amount of stuff is with Homs. It's going to be some limited edition stuff. It's Valentine's Day after all. So be able to keep an eye out for that. That is H-O-M-S-S-E-A-T-T-L-E dot com, Homs Seattle. Um, as we head over to our Seattle Sounders here in their preseason, uh, not much going on as training continues there. Um mm-hmm. Uh, the Sounders did send uh, homegrown player, Ethan Dobler to Viskov, a club from Czech Republic on loan uh, through May 31st uh, of this year. That's basically just through the end of the Viskov season. Uh, so Sounders loaning a homegrown player to Viskov It makes sense just because with how stacked this roster is, Dobler probably will not get much playing time, at least with the Sounders first team. So uh, to get him some experience, uh, it's not a bad thing at all so uh best of luck to ethan uh on his loan we will see you back uh, more than likely uh in june uh and leave later notes uh former sounder and ode high school alum deandre yedlin returns to the u.s after spending time in turkey uh with i don't know how to say their name uh as he signs with inter miami's uh inter miami uh, Yedlin mentioned wanting to return to Seattle at some point uh, near the end of his career. Uh, but his current deal with Miami goes through 2025. So looking ahead for our Sounders, the closest information that we've got, um, the closest thing that we have to look forward to um, is the Sounders uh, leagues cup matchup on the 17th of February at Montagua with a 6 PM kickoff. So um with that being said uh, we will not really see the sound i mean the sounders will continue um their training, but it's not like there's much too much going on outside of that um so we will see them um on the seventeenth and but we'll continue to see what uh may be popping up um as it continues um oops. There we go. Uh, as we head over to our Seattle Storm, who continue to be in their offseason in a free agency. Um, oh boy. I know we talked about it, it being a busy week, and it sure was. Um, on January 31st, Jewel Lloyd met with the New York Liberty. Um, that was cause, confer- cause for concern, obviously. Um as you know brianna stewart had met with the liberty a little bit ago as well uh, and there was wonder hey are these two going to go to the liberty together is there an issue here you know um it was it was a little scary i will admit that um and then also on the 31st um okay sorry about that um uh, stewart uh was in agreement with a one-year supermax deal with the storm uh so that was good to see um on the first when deals officially went official uh, jewel lloyd re-signed with the storm on a two-year supermax deal so that was good to see um mercedes russell resigned with the storm on a three-year deal uh Excuse me. On the second, the storm officially signed beyond January. Uh, it's a one-year deal, as uh, January will be retiring at the end of the year. A homecoming, as January is a Spokane native. Um, it will be her 14th season in the league. A uh, great defender there, and a uh, a guard that can help play alongside Subert or back her up. Um, as we look at. Oh, also on the second, the Storm completed a trade for Gabby Williams. Seattle receives forward Gabby Williams in exchange for forward Katie Lou Samuelson and the ninth overall pick in the 2022 draft. Um, this was tough just because I was a Samuelson fan. Uh, I had met her and her boyfriend, well, now fiance, Devon, Devin Devon, uh, Devon Um, So that kind of sucked. Um But yeah, I, I I don't know. It sucks because, uh, the way I had looked at it, uh, I liked acquiring Samuelson, uh, maybe not necessarily for the draft pick that it came at, um, in the trade when it did, uh, and I thought that shea was really coming on as the season ended. She had her best game against uh, Phoenix in that playoff game. Um, so yeah it's it sucks to see that, especially considering too that I met her, as i said um yeah, that and the addition of the pick in the trade, um I think it sucks uh from what I have gathered, though, Williams is a valuable defensive presence uh if she can consistently knock down shots, it'll be even better um but ultimately um it's uh. It kind of sucks uh, to lose that. Um, and I, I am interested to see how this plays out ultimately. Um, because at least the way I look at this roster right now, I don't know if you're immediate title contenders. It might take some development over the season to do so. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm interested to see how that plays out and to see how things go. Um but yeah, ultimately it's, it's a, uh, it's a question mark for me. Um, so we'll have to see that because yeah, I am really interested to see how that's going to play out um, at least with the Williams part of it. And then on the third of the month, uh, uh, Sue bird credited uh, the fans and aiding her return Uh to the WNBA. She said that if she had not heard the one more year chance um, after the storm playoff loss, uh, she probably would have retired. Uh, So that is interesting to note just because. um, I mean, I always kind of wondered about that and it would be great to send her out um, with a title uh, but just interesting to note, if she hadn't heard those chants, we wouldn't be talking about it right now. We'd probably be looking at a much different off season uh, for the storm and probably not for the good of the, of the, of the franchise. Um, as we look towards league notes on the first list, Kim speaks out on the pay gap between WNBA coaches and WNBA players. Um, Sally, this was taken the wrong way by the people on the WNBA free agency show. Um, I think that even, even, Uh, Mark Davis, the owner of the Aces uh, and who is paying Becky Hammond, uh, who is the coach in question, um, the money that she is getting. It's not discouragement against Becky Hammond getting that money. It's the fact that the players aren't getting nearly as much money as they should. And that's that's I agree with that. Um, So that was taken the wrong way. And they basically said she's a crybaby and it sucks. Um, and I know that Cambash has gained a uh sort of uh how do I put this I guess not not repertoire, but kind of reputation. there we go. thank you um Reputation for wanting to get calls and get in complaining, but that's not the point um the point being uh oh it's it's the the focus on the coaches and the players' thing you know that money is something that it's it's really important to look at that um and really think about uh, how that's going right now. I know that the league has done a lot of good um, in regards to certain things, but, you know, there's obviously much more that can be done. Speaking of money, on the third, the WNBA raises $75 million in funding the league announced the largest ever capital Raise for a women's sports property to help the long term transformation of the league. So that's a positive. That's a start, as I talked about on the CSS on Converge episode today. Um, Monday, that is, by the time this comes out, it's a Tuesday. Um, This is a good start, but it doesn't matter if you use the money incorrectly. You know, I know that just to start off with it, um, something that a lot of fans complain about is not. Uh, the league not promoting their merchandise correctly and not even selling their jerseys correctly. You know, a lot of players from Candace Parker to Kalia Copper, uh, amongst others, you know, that you can't even buy their preset jerseys online. You know, you have to get them customized and I'm sure you can do that. There may be issues with that that I'm not entirely sure about. Um, but the fact that I have to, you know, preface that it's it's not good, you know, um, and, you know, it's not like the market is not there. You can sit here and be misogynistic and say that, oh, nobody watches the WNBA. You know, no, there's no money for it. There's, there's no market for it. You'd just be wrong and stupid. Um, so, um, ultimately... It's it's about the league capitalizing on that market and doing what's best to be able to get that money and grow it, right? And to continue to get more money from it and to just be able to uh, expand on that, hopefully. So we'll see about that. Uh, but it's, it's, it's certainly a great start uh, for the league there. Um, as we head over to uh, our Maestro Athletics break, that is T R O A T H. L e p i c s Maestro Athletics. I know at the time being the uh, first round, um, uh, first round of the uh, Rep Seattle hoodies and beanies have gone out now. Um, so continue to keep an eye on them. Is really you have to keep an eye on them just because uh, this this incredible con- this incredible product these the products. Uh, just you know they, they come out and sometimes they go really quick so sim- just like with uh, just like with Homs Maestro likes products great stuff uh, when they come out they tend to go quick so um, that dot com Maestro Athletics um, as we head over to our Seattle Kraken here uh, played two games over the past week simply because Uh, The all-star break came upon us on the first of the month. uh, The team played the Boston Bruins on the road, losing that game two to three in a tough matchup against a good team. Uh, Player of the game would be right winger Jonas Donskoy, scoring his first goal of the season, just a little over halfway through the year Uh, in that game, scoring one goal, one point, a one plus minus three shots on goal, a block and two takeaways on the second in that rescheduled game from earlier in the month. Oh, I mean, a few weeks ago Uh, um, on February 2nd, the team would travel to Long Island to play the New York Islanders winning that game three to nothing play the game. Number one would be center Jarrett McCann with one goal, one assist, two points, two plus minus two shots on goal and a block. And then player of the game, number two would be goaltender uh, Philip Grubauer. The netminder was 18 for 18 on even strength shots and one for one on power play shots with a 1.0, save percentage his first shutout this season and the first shutout in Kraken franchise history so good to see that there good to see groovy getting that uh simply because you know for the longest time it was oh you know you sign this guy eyes crap uh this this and that um simply put um there's been a lot of disappointment both in the um Goaltender spot and in the defenseman slot. I mean, Chris Drieger has had his games, but he's also been not been able to stay fully healthy. And Gruber hasn't been, you know, playing to the level that we've been able to see at the beginning of the year. And now we're starting to see what we should see, you know, both in the defenseman part of it and in the gold goal the goaltender part of it. So things are coming along. Just, you know, it's the first year of the goddamn franchise. Give it a break, guys. Come on. Um As we look over to team news, we're luckily able to skip the injury news part of it, for the most part. Uh, On February 1st, the team recalled three players, um, Max McCormick, Cole Lint, and Connor Carrick, all from Charlotte. Additionally, defenseman Will Borgen entered the COVID-19 protocol list. Uh, Also on the first, brothers Kale and Hayden Flurry played together for the first time at the pro level in the win against the Islanders, so that was cool to see. On the 2nd, uh, the team reassigned five players back to Charlotte um, as the team headed on the All-Star break, um, and they wanted to get them some playing time, I'm sure, uh, simply because, you know, the Kraken will be playing um, over the All-Star break, but the Charlotte checkers, I'm sure, will. Uh, the team reassigned goaltender Joey Decord, uh, defenseman, oh, uh, boy, oh, Cole, Cale Flurry, and Connor Carrick, uh, and forwards Max McCormick and Coland all back to Charlotte there. On the 5th, uh, Jordan Eberly at All-Star Weekend. Eberly mainly participated in the Fountain Face-Off and the Metro versus Pacific Division All-Star Game. Eberly would score in the All-Star Game versus the Pacific Division. Um, no, no, sorry. Would score in the All-Star Game as the Pacific Division fell to the Metro Division, uh, finishing second to last in the Fountain Face-Off. Um, and in the prospect, uh, we have a prospect check-in. Uh, number two overall pick, Mandy Beneers in the eight game January run for Michigan Beneers scored nine goals and added five assists totaling 14 points and earning the HCA co-player of the month honor. So good for Beneers there. Um, Again, it'll be really exciting to see when he's up with the, the, uh, the team itself, whether, whenever that may be Um, in league related news, uh, Alex Ovechkin misses the all-star game uh, and the uh, Capitals next matchup after testing positive for COVID and the Anaheim Ducks named their new general manager. The Ducks hired Pat Verbeek as their new general manager, working formally as the Red Wings assistant GM since 2019. Uh, so the Kraken sit at 15 wins, 27 losses, and four wins, uh, four wins for overtime losses, uh, giving them a total of 34 points. They now sit at 8th in the Pacific Division. Uh, It might be a while before they're out of that spot. Um, Looking ahead, the next game is February 9th versus the Arizona Coyotes at 7 o'clock and February 11th at the Anaheim Ducks, also at 7 o'clock. So two games coming up next week, uh, similar to last week. As we move over to our O.L. here, who will continue their preseason. Um, As we look at on the 1st, we head straight to team news. Uh, the rate announced their preseason roster. Uh, the goalkeepers uh, at the current moment are Claudia Dickey, Laurel Ivory, uh, Cosette Morche, who is currently on loan, and Fallon joyce Defenders Lauren Barnes, Ryan Brown, Alana Cook, Madison Hammond, Sam Hyatt, Sofia Huerta, Alyssa Malanson, Jimena Lopez, Phoebe McLaren, and Sinclair Miramontes. Uh, midfielders Angelina, Olivia Athens, Marley Canales, Jess Fishlock, Rose Lavelle, Quinn, Nikki Stanton, and Olivia Vanderyat. Uh, in the forward department, Bethany Balser, Zanette Kajan, Ziara King, Veronica Latsko, Megan Rapino, and Ali Watt. Uh, on February 2nd, it was announced that Teresa and Bill Predmore stepped down from their operating roles with the rain. Now, this is a scheduled uh, change uh, as part of a two-year plan that started when uh, Leon took over with the club. The couple will remain minority, minority owners of the rain, but, you know, if you know, they are, you know, if essentially founders and, you know, the creators of this, um, uh, Vincent Bethelow has been appointed to uh, the role of CEO of the rain, uh, essentially taking over that operating role. Um, it was great to speak with Bill Bredmore at the uh, Lumen Field uh, press conference. He was a real nice guy um and i know that he's had an impact and i know uh that's appreciated their efforts are appreciated so again a thank you to teresa and bill predmore as we move over to february 3rd three rain players were named to the u.s Women's national team 23 player roster for the 2022 she believes cup alana cook sophia huerta and rose Lavelle um were all named the she believes cup roster and the rain announced the 2022 coaching staff. Head coach Laura Harvey, assistant coach Sam Laity, uh, and goalkeeper coach Lajupko Kometovsky uh, are the uh, kind of the main primary coaches there. And then on the seventh, the rain announced their 2022 Challenge Cup schedule, uh, starting off March 18th versus the Portland Thorns at home with a seven o'clock start. Uh, it is the Lumen Field home opener. March 26th at Angel City FC with a one o'clock start. Uh that match against Angels, the first match against Angel City in the club's inception. Um, as Angel City is one of those first two expansion squads. Uh April 2nd. Oh, April 2nd at the Portland Thorns. That is a seven o'clock start. Uh, April 14th versus the San Diego Wave. That is a seven o'clock start. It is the first match against San Diego. April seventeenth versus Angel City FC uh, at a four o'clock start, and then April twenty third, rounding out at San Diego with a seven o'clock start. So, uh, the rain there. Uh, with uh, we we get this first glimpse of a schedule finally, uh, with the Challenge Cup schedule. Uh, in league related news, the NWL and the NWLPA agreed on a first ever collective bargaining agreement that runs through two thousand twenty six. This is a major deal. Um, just simply because there wasn't one um, in place as we look over here uh, there are three main parts I wanted to break it down into firstly compensation there's 160 percent agree in minimum salary to $35,000 with a four percent increase uh, year over year sub letter increases in 2022 salaries to protect players above the minimum in 2021 401k plan with matching contributions from the league commencing in 2023. uh, Minimum standards for housing stipends. Uh, Free agency is the second major key point. Uh, Free agency in 2023 begins for players with a minimum of six service years. Uh, Free agency in 2024 begins for players with a minimum of five service years. Uh, Restricted free agency begins in 2024 for players with three service years. And then finally, free uh there will be four weeks severance pay plus 30 years or 30 years, 30 days uh housing and health insurance for waived players. So that's a big deal. Something I don't know if I've seen. Yeah, the severance pay and the housing insurance and health insurance for waived players. That's something I don't think I've seen with any other league. So that's incredible to see. Uh, and then finally, the other main uh component is player safety. There will be robust workers comp coverage up to six months of six months, six months of paid mental health leave. Again, something I have not seen. I could be wrong, but I don't, maybe the WNBA, but I'm not sure. Uh, And eight weeks of paid parental leave. Those that's all huge, huge stuff there. Um, so that that's, I mean just the CBA itself is a huge deal. Um, and it's incredible to see that, um, you know, not only because of the the love uh, for the rain, but also just, you know, to make sure that these women are getting the uh, proper just treatment that they deserve, you know? Um, So that is incredible to see um, and happy to see that, you know, get finally put in place after so long of not having that. Um, And, you know, proud to see that, and hopefully um, this overall, we can get better treatment for our players in the NWSL and uh, just as a whole. Um, as we look over now to um, other parts of league news, Trinity, Trinity Rodman signed a record breaking deal. The 19 year old uh, and rookie of the year signed a four year deal worth more than $1.1 million. Uh, so good for her. Um, on the seventh, uh, Rodman was added to the U S women's national team roster for the, she believes cup as a replacement for an injured Abby doll camper. Um, and Sarah Fuller signs a professional deal or the deal, the former Vanderbilt kicker, who is the first woman to score in a power five football game is continuing her soccer career in the USLW league. So cool to see that with Fuller. She already had that soccer background. So cool to see her continuing her career, um, just in general um so now as we look ahead for the rain we do actually have something to put in looking ahead um which is the march 18th match uh versus portland thorns uh at seven o'clock uh that challenge cup opener and that lumen field home opener still a little bit away but um it is something to look forward to so there is that um Looking over to our Seattle Seawolves, who are now finally in the regular season. Seawolves rugby is back, uh, starting February 6th versus the Toronto Arrows. uh, Winning that match 21-8. to Player of the game, Ross Neal, with the game-sealing interception try. That was a really cool play. Um, That was actually, uh, mistakenly, I was looking down during this play. I was trying to tweet out about the game as I was sitting there uh, behind the Seawolves try zone and um I look up and I'm like oh shit he's running towards us um that was a really cool game to be at uh Seawolves rugby has been really great um to just to just be around in general um everyone in the community has been really supportive of the Seawolves themselves um most always tweet uh, retweet our stuff here at css um and the 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 fan base as a whole have been really just inc- really nice really incredible uh just and it's this is two weeks that we've been involved um so that'll just tell you about how i feel um about the seawolves in their community and i'm excited really uh to see how this continues and continuing to learn about not only the sport um of rugby but everything else you know um if you're new to this show uh to yeah to this show um know, i'm not gonna sit here and tell you that i know the most about rugby because i don't um but i i've got some some uh some baseline stuff you know um obviously there's the similarities to american football and soccer um, I was, uh, I went to high school with, uh, Waisali Serevi, Serevi Jr. Uh, that was really cool. Waisali's is a great guy. Um, if he listens, I hope he, I hope he's doing all right over there. Uh, I believe he's in Japan. I had a conversation with him the, the other day while I was at the Seawolves game and, uh, he seems like he's doing all right. Uh, I said he was glad I was enjoying the community, which I really am. These are some really nice people. Um, but no, I'm excited. I mean, the Seals community has been great and should be an exciting year. You know, the past two years coming off some disappointing seasons after being the inaugural champs and in the MLR, MLR uh, being back to back champs. You know, um, guts, glory, and tries. I mean, I'm really excited to see it as the season continues. So now we look at, uh, oh boy, it's exciting. I've got something to put in record. Seals are one and Otis start this season. They are, um, third in the western conference of the mlr as we go now conference i can still spell there we go looking ahead now the seawolves next match is february 10th that is a thursday um versus the utah warriors that is at home that is starfire in tukwila so if you've got the the time uh, and you're able to do so seawolves versus warriors uh 7:30 30 uh, p.m if you have root sports it is going to be streamed on root sports as well as the rugby network um i think i'm going to try to tweet out about it so uh, people have that ability to tune in and stream that game uh, if possible um but yes utah warriors utah just came off of a close loss against san diego by two points um, so it should be a good game. You know, there's there's a good amount of young talent on the Seawolves team, and uh, and talking to General Manager Pate. Um, oh Pate, I gotta get your last name, man. I'll get it down. Um he's excited for the roster. I mean, obviously, general manager, you should be about excited about the roster, but you know, a lot of the young talent, so really excited to see it uh going forward. Um, yeah, really excited to see that continue. Uh no Sonic's news for you, sadly. No dragon's news sadly for you, 2023. As we head over to UW Athletics, um, we head straight to football. Um, Oh, sorry. My notes look a little weird here, the way that it's sitting in uh, Microsoft Word. Sorry. Um, Okay, we're still good. Um, Football team news. The team added eight players on National Signing Day. Officially, wide receiver Lanyata Alexander Jr., linebacker Cam Bright, uh, running back Aaron Dumas, safety Tristan Dunn, cornerback JV on green, defensive lineman uh, Armand Parker, Parker and his brother Javon Parker, uh, and punter Kevin Ryan. Yes, punter. Um, oh,
0: was that this week? Sorry, I have the... Uh,
1: Wow, that was this week. Sorry. I guess it was a long week. Uh, The Huskies flipped a Sumner recruit. Tristan Dunn, who had initially committed to Arizona State, flips to UW, uh, the four-star recruit out of Sumner High School. Uh, Just mentioned he's a safety. Uh, UW is hoping to keep a five-star offensive tackle in state. Five-star offensive tackle. Oh, boy. I missed his name. Shoot. He plays for Rainier Beach. I know that. It's Connerly. Yeah, Josh Connerly Jr. Uh, tackle out of uh, Rainier Beach uh, reportedly has been is deciding between Miami, Michigan, Oklahoma, Oregon, Washington and USC. And perhaps one of the bigger notes in the news, uh, the Huskies will sell player jerseys for football. The Huskies will have the opportunity to opt in to monetize on their jersey sales ahead of the 2022 season. Uh, Both LSU and Oklahoma are among the schools to also offer this. So that is a a big deal there as well. Um, Okay. Uh, And also in other college football news, on the first of the month, Caleb Williams transferred to USC. The former Oklahoma quarterback reunites with Lincoln Riley in Southern California. On the second... um, The recruit that danced with Brian Kelly in the viral video picks Alabama instead of LSU. The recruit in the viral video with new LSU head coach Brian Kelly picks Alabama. So that's kind of funny. Uh, Another staff member resigns from the Arizona state staff or another member of Herm Edwards, staff, Antonio Pierce resigns amid investigation into the program. Um, and then also on the first, on the second, pardon me, uh, Jim Fisher called the, medio, the media uh, clown axe. Uh, the Texas AM head coach blasted the media and other SEC head coaches for purportedly spreading NIL rumors related to his recruits. On the sixth, the Michigan uh, Wolverines lost their offensive coordinator, Josh Gaddis, leaves Ann Arbor to accept the same role at Miami. Joining Mario Cristobal's staff, uh, Gaddis would blast Michigan, stating, I would never advise anyone to be where they are not wanted. Drama in Michigan. Um, So the Huskies continue their offseason there in football-related ways, uh, in basketball, on the men's side of things, on the 3rd uh february of february uh the men's basketball team traveled down to cal berkeley beating cal uh 84 to 63 player of the game terrell brown jr with 19 points eight rebounds three eight assists three rebounds and two blocks they would travel down on the six to play stanford losing that game 69 to 87 terrell brown jr's player of the game performance was not enough putting up 30 points seven rebounds six assists and five steals if you do the math there, his teammates were only able to score 39 points. So not, not the best effort there from the rest of the squad. Uh, So a tough outing there. Uh, As we head over to team news, the game against Washington state that was originally scheduled for December 29th um, was rescheduled to uh, February 23rd at eight o'clock. So there is some news on the rescheduling there as we, you know, earlier in the season, a lot of those games were uh, rescheduled. Um, So the Huskies now sit at 11. I don't think that's right. Give me one second. Let me make sure. Yeah, they're 12 and nine. There we go. 12 and nine. uh, The Huskies with a win at Stanford would have been able to put themselves into second place in the Pac-12, but not able to do so. Their next two games are February 10th um, versus uh, Arizona State at eight o'clock, and February 12th versus number seven Arizona at three o'clock. Those should be two big games. They're not only because of you know, number seven Arizona, but also I know Arizona State's been pesky as well. Uh on the women's side of things, uh on February fourth, the team played at Utah losing that game sixty-six to seventy-one. Player of the game would be a Miss Ooh, I need water. <clears throat> Excuse me, my apologies.
0: Whew. Yeah.
1: Uh, Missy Peterson uh, recording 18 points, two assists, and a rebound on the sixth. Uh, the team traveled to play Colorado, losing that game 43-66. to uh, Player of the game from that game would be Nancy Mulkey with 16 points, uh, four rebounds, two blocks, and one steal. So, yeah, tough tough sledding right now for UW uh, on the women's side of things. Going 8-0 in conference play losing the last eight of their games. Uh, and before that, you know, before the eight game losing streak, having four of their games postponed. So I really hope uh, that they can uh, finish out the season strong here. As we look at it, you know, they've got six games left. Uh, and it might be doubtful that they're able to make the tournament this year. Yeah. It's tough, tough, man. Um, So the women's uh, team sits at five and 11. Uh, Their upcoming games are February 11th versus USC at seven o'clock and February 13th versus UCLA at noon. Um, No baseball news. I do have softball news for you as the softball team plays their first game of the year, uh, February 10th versus Lamar university. So that's exciting. Um, Oh yes. And then the UW women's hockey team, Played in Montana uh, against Montana State. That was really cool to see the team travel out to Montana State um, to play a different team. Uh, whew, man, really exciting to see that. Um, didn't win the game, but it was a great experience for the team. You know, to not only travel as a team, but also to go ahead and you know play a different team. As yeah, the, uh, they look to grow the women's hockey game in colleges around the area. So. Uh, that was really cool to see um, as we wrap up our week. Um, ooh, sorry, uh, wrap up the week, busy week, certainly. Um, and whew, it's always really exciting to go over things when you have a busy week. But man, uh, a lot of cool stuff going on this week. So with that being said, uh, this has been Charles Hammaker for the Circling South Sports Podcast. Uh, always exciting to be covering all the professional sports team in the area and nine new dub teams. So with that being said, until we see you, it'll be the 5th, 15th of February. Make sure you take care of your significant other for, the, uh, for Valentine's Day. Um, until next time, we'll see you later. Take care of yourself. Be well.
0: Baba Bowie.